Bienvenida and welcome to a very special episode of Spirit of Avalor with your host Lauren and Becca. And today we have the honor of interviewing one of the coolest writers in the Disney verse, Louise. I think she is because she did something really incredible for me. Um, and she knows that. And it is Rachel Rudiman who wrote the amazing and fantastic Elaine of Avalor song called Make Them Proud, which was released September 22nd to everyone. Now, if only they would release a lot more songs, but I digress. <laughs> Bienvenida and welcome, Rachel. Hi, guys. I'm so happy to be here. Hi. Thanks for having me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're welcome. It's our pleasure. So, yes. so yeah, so as I was telling you before, um, we now before we go on i need to clarify something this was completely my fault so becca just you know bear with me and hope you still love me after you hear this admission rachel did not write the episode she wrote the song she did oh, okay. with it she, okay. she tweaked some stuff apparently right you didn't actually write the thing? yeah yeah i um when i came on to elena of avalor and they were just beginning their second season and someone had already written the first his name was ron holsley he wrote that first draft of the jewel of maru and so when i came on they needed the song for it make them proud and that's the very <laughs> first thing i did for elena of avalor and then i i helped you know there's so many drafts that a script goes through so the network had a couple notes that i helped put into that so script the jewel of maru but most of it was written by ron holsley and he did a great job okay i and again sorry for all the mix-up i i guess i got either overly excited or i saw that and thought that oh that means you wrote it as well because usually people who write episodes write their you know write their songs at least that's what craig said if you write the episode you're responsible for the song you can get help but you need to overall do it yourself and yeah, that's usually how it works, so that's an understandable mistake. Yeah, and I now I feel bad because I was like, oh, geez, I, this woman probably, you probably think, what, what? No, I didn't write that. But, <laughs> but okay, so let's, um, so let's get into this. Now, firstly, before I even go any, any further, um, I want to say muchas gracias for taking the time to read my story. Um, uh, when I was writing it, I didn't think that... Uh, you know, we all do this. We think that it was something we do that God puts on our heart to do that it's not going to go anywhere. No one's going to want to read it. What, why are we doing this? But, you know, he, he knows us better than we know ourselves. And he knew even before I put my thoughts out there that something he was going to do something with them. Someone had to read this. Someone, it was, you know, someone needed to hear this. So when I put it out there and I gave it to Craig, you know, I had no idea that he was going to give it to you and the impact that, um, you know, that it was going to have for you. And I, I, I'm glad that it did. And I'm glad that you took the time to, to, um, to read it. Oh, well, well, obviously you're welcome, but really thank you so much for writing it. I mean, like I, when a writer writes an episode or a song or something, we, I literally wrote that song two years ago because it takes so long for it to go through all yeah. the drafts and then <laughs> to the animation and then to air and you almost forget about it. And then to get like a beautiful letter, like what you wrote about how much it impacted you, like it it's totally amazing for someone like me to like hear that and hear like the stuff that we're putting out there, like actually affects people's lives and can help them. So thank you for taking the time to write it. I'm really glad it, it had an impact for you and, and, um, and, and like in, in just reading about what you've been through had an impact for me. So thank you. Yeah. I mean, I know, I know it was hard to read and I thought I was like, no, I need to get out. I need to get the other. I need to let her know. Like I need to be authentic obviously and let her know exactly what I was going through at that time. What happened? how it you know obviously how it helped me and you know um you know we're not going to go through the whole song here and now i mean we're going to talk about the whole song we're not going to go through the whole song lyric by lyric but there's something that i wanted you to know and it had to do with something else when elena mentions when she's like um i'll soon be tested here and now i wish my well i wish they were here to guide me now so i could you know get through this and become you know become queen um, and essentially, obviously, you know, keep your fam- family safe, obviously, is what she wasn't saying, too, uh, as far as, at least, that's how I see it, you know, because that goes hand in hand, no pun intended, <laughs> you know, um, that that also got me because when I was going through all that, I didn't have the support, and my parents are alive, mm-hmm. like, I didn't have the support, like, like, I like I said in there, like I was being turned away. Like I would start to talk about it and really want to get it out there and really want to just not let it, 
not bother me, but like not let it have a hold on me so much, but I couldn't because every time I did, it was like, it's only 15 minutes, you're only gonna be in there 15 minutes, stop being, stop, you have to grow up, stop acting like that, you know, there are people going through worse. Mm. And I'm like, since when do, you know, and I just felt like it was the biggest thing, it was one of the biggest things in my life because when I first went through this, and I don't think, I don't know if I wrote that in there, I don't think I did, at least not, you know, I didn't, I maybe alluded to it, but I didn't actually, you know, go into great detail, but if you don't mind me going into a little bit of it now, either one of you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yep. So Fine. when I was ten, I had my first battle of glaucoma, and it's a it's an eye disease where when your your pressure gets too high, you're, you it's like pressure in the eye. Um, yeah, and I also have glaucoma. Oh, is that how you two sort of became friends? Or, we have the or... same disease. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, we both have uh, retinopathy of prematurity. Okay. Uh, which which is when babies are born too early. And their eyes are exposed to too much oxygen. Um, it destroys the retina. So that is what we both have. Okay, got it. But in in different stages, like Becca, you still have your sight. I have um, sight in one eye. Um, it has actually gone down in the last year. Um, I had cataract surgery a year ago. And it caused some complications, and I'm still working through all that. And um, so it's it's gone down a lot in the last year, but um, but yeah, I still have a lot of pretty good amount of vision. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I have I have next to none. But it has to do with that. It has to do with that surgery that I talked about in the story. But but back to this other one really quickly. Yeah, when I was about ten, I I had my first battle with it, and we didn't know what it was. We thought, you know, we we had no idea because we thought that at first I was suffering from like um, migraines brought on by you know that monthly visitor that all of us women get. So it's kind of like that's what we thought because I was like ten or eleven. So it was like you know we thought that maybe it come early. And obviously that was not the case. Long story short of it, we ended up in Will's Eye Hospital, Philadelphia, around 1 in the morning. Um, a couple days after, initially, you know, things had started, and things just went really quickly. And before I knew it, I was scheduled to have my right eye removed. Oh, my gosh. And um, obviously that was very traumatic, more so than anything else I dealt with before, because before it was just retina reattachment, which I, you know, was used to, and, you know, it took a couple days to heal from that, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't that bad. Um, But, so anyway, so when this surgery came up, even though it was very, you know, it was minor in in the sense that I wouldn't be in there very long, you know, like 20 minutes maybe, it started bringing up, like, every single thing back from back then because Mm -hmm. I didn't win that. Like, I lost... So I, you know, was, I was terrified. And back then I had gotten support, at least from my papa, but now, but during this time, he wasn't giving it to me. And it was like, he made me feel shameful. Like there was something wrong with me that I kept breaking down. And I kept having these, you know, um, like fearful responses. And yet he was not being supportive the way that he that I needed him to be so when so when she says that I was like you know that made me think obviously of my situation as well because I was thinking you know Elena it's reversed for me and in my mind you know I'm thinking wait you know obviously she doesn't have her parents you know she needs that don't but at the same time I was thinking when she's saying that I'm thinking yep I know exactly what you're talking about but it's obviously it's different um Mm -hmm. but yeah so I mean that 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 song. I mean, I know what I said, and I'm not going to rehash it. But I, I'll let you, I'll tell you this: that that song is a true blessing for me. Oh wow! So hard to hear. Sorry to hear everything that happened to you, but I, it's amazing that the song affected you that way. Especially because when I was writing it, like like I said, it was the first thing I like. I, I was writing on Sophia the first, and then Craig asked me to come join Elena of Avalor, so just as yeah. Sophia was finishing up. So I came over there, and they really quickly, the first thing they needed was this song, and, I, and they said they need, you know, in this episode, The Jewel of Maru, they need a song where Elena 
it's just thinking about her parents and hoping she gets to see them. And, you know, we, I, you know, we, we, I think we had the idea of like that she, you know, she hopes she makes them proud. And I was like, this is amazing that I get to write this. Like how many animated preschool shows do you get to get into like something as deep as losing a parent? And then in my husband's sister lost her husband when her children were very young. And so I immediately started thinking about them and how, it's like she's an amazing mom she raised her kids like she managed to like move on with her life and have a beautiful life with them they don't dwell on their you know sorrow about what happened but they also talk about you know their father Tommy that they lost and and like she brings him up in regular conversation there are pictures of him all over the house so I kind of wanted to sort of bring that to this song like a sort of like you keep living your life but you also you don't hide away what happened to the person you lost like it's some kind of secret so I uh I just felt like it was an amazing opportunity to write about something real that could possibly, I thought it might help kids who had lost a parent and it might also help their friends sort of understand them and relate to them. Mm-hmm. I never thought it would affect someone who was dealing with something so different like it did for you. So like, that's just amazing to hear. Oh yeah, I know. And we don't think of Elena as a, we, we call Elena a family show because yeah. that's really what it is. Like it, 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 in, you know, it's a, it, it relates to a very broad audience and I, it drives me crazy. And not you, not you. I respect you completely. It's not you. It's when other people are like, oh, that's just for kids. I don't watch it. My kids, I'm like, you need to watch this. It's not just for kids. It needs to be rated like 10 and up because really it's not for little kids. And that episode proved it because they went, you guys went somewhere that I am very, I applaud you for doing that. I hope you do it again and again and not let the network bully you to say you can't do this because we need that. Oh, that's so nice to hear. I feel the same way. I, I guess I was thinking yeah. compared to other preschool yeah, shows. Yeah, I don't, I don't think of Elena as a preschool okay, show. Right. You're right. It's absolutely a family show. And, um, yeah. and and we can tell by the reaction we get from, from people like you that like people of all ages can relate to it on different levels. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've been waiting for Elena since I was a lot ninja, since I was about like seven, eight. Like I kept asking my papa, why isn't there a princess like me? Now, obviously I loved the Renaissance princesses. I mean, I, Ariel and Jasmine were my, were like my favorites growing up. I still love them. I have a tabby cat named Raja. He, oh, cool. Yeah. He's in the, well, he's back there somewhere right now, but anyway, um, you know, so I, I, you know, what came before is great. You know, it paved the way forever for, you know, for Moana, who I also love and can relate to, you know, and things like that. And that's fine. But I just, uh, the Elena, I mean, she has helped me so much through, I'm my journey of medical trauma recovery that, and which I'm still on, but she has done so much for me in the two years that she has come that, I mean, you know, been introduced, you know, and been on the air and stuff than any other princess that they've created. Oh, that's so awesome to hear. I think like so much props for that has to go to both Craig Gerber and Sylvia Oliva's like they took this show and just like ran with it and just made it like, like you said, like not afraid to go to those deep places, but still be adventurous and fun. And I just have so much respect for the two of them for what they've made. And I just feel like really lucky to be along for the ride. Like as a staff writer, like I am like that you don't always always have a choice of like what jobs you, you know, I, you know, I need to work. So I have to say yes to work. Um, and I just feel incredibly lucky that I landed on this show with such great writers and such great characters that I get to play with. I just, I hit the jackpot. I got very lucky. Oh, you definitely, you're definitely. Oh yeah. Um, so my first question and then Becky, you know, the second, I'm sorry, but you, we talked about this last night. So now, now you sort of answered it just now with what you were, where you got the inspiration, but I got to ask, and this is this has intrigued me since I first listened to the song. I mean, this is the first time I listened to it. I cried for her because obviously that this my experience hadn't happened yet because I wasn't it, you know I mean you know it happened a couple you know a couple months after that. But my point being, I just didn't want you to get confused. It wasn't like right away. You know I mean God was working. You know that's what mm-hmm. He used. But so I love her name. Her um, special name from her. Um, 
mommy and papa to her. Where did you come up with that? Oh my gosh, let me think. That was two years ago. I, I'm trying to remember her, if that, they call her Elenita. So where did they you call her Elenita? I can't remember if that if that was something that I found in an older episode or if we if I was just I, I honestly can't remember. Sometimes this happens. Um, like if it, I can't remember if it's something I came up with myself. I do think that I looked up. Um, what what Elena meant, it and I think shining, that the yeah, it meant shining. It means shining light. Right. Okay. So I think that that helped like mm-hmm. inspire me to like like looking that up. I was like, oh, we have to work that into the song. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, and then I, I I really I honestly can't remember if I was like, okay, then that must mean they called her Elenita. If that was from me or if that was from a previous episode, it, I'm not sure. Yeah. But I, I definitely once I saw that that's what it meant, I'm like, we've got to yeah. work that oh, into yeah. the song. No. I, oh I can, yeah. I can safely tell you, and I, I, I watch episodes multiple times, so does Becca, and I can safely tell you, Elenita was not in any other episode but that no. one. Okay, then I'm going to claim that it was completely my genius. <laughs> I don't know. Fred Gerber or Sylvia will be, like, listening to this. And, yeah, I, it, sometimes it's hard to tell. It's kind of funny with the collaborative writing. Like, sometimes yeah. afterwards you, you can't oh, be sure. Oh, no, it's okay. It's okay. We loved it. I loved uh, Oh, my gosh. This whole episode, I was up around 4.30 in the morning watching this when it, when it debuted on WatchDisneyJunior.com. Um, and I was up around 7, and I... I want to tell you this yeah, real quick. Oh, go ahead. No, I, no, no, no. Take your time. Um, I was watching the episode and, you know, and I didn't know what to expect from the song. You know, I thought, okay, well, she's just going to be, you know, at the altar. And when I saw those flashbacks, oh. I rewound it and watched the song about 40 times. So it took me like an hour and a half to get through a 25 minute episode (laughs) because i i knew you know that lauren you know lauren you didn't know what was going on no i'll tell her my my what i said to you in a second when you're done (laughs) so i was like okay i have to watch these flashbacks so that i can describe them because i have enough vision to be able to see what's going on on screen Mm -hmm. um especially with elena because she's it's so colorful and so bright that it's it's easy for me to tell what's going on mm-hmm. uh, you know other shows like live action shows um and so i i i literally rewound it and watched it like 40 times and i cried every single time i mean i was just sitting there sobbing through this song you know um not just because of the song itself but because of the flashbacks yeah they did an amazing job i cannot remember the name of the storyboard artist i forget his name but he didn't he did an amazing job um and the flashbacks i i believe like uh, like i actually found my draft of the script with it and a lot of the action that takes place um in the cemetery you know was called out in the script but i believe a lot of the flashbacks were were brainstormed like either the with the um the storyboard artist came up with some ideas and then we watch his first draft of the animation together and then we all sort of brainstorm some more and i really love like i love how he had her fencing with her parents when it was when she was singing about whether like she didn't know whether to go forward or move back to, to go or stop and think twice and i don't know i just think he made some amazing choices yeah and so later that morning um Becca called me or I called her one of the two but anyway we we yeah so um you know we're talking and stuff and he goes did you see it I was like yeah I did it was really good I this I'm on my seventh time watching it uh, <laughs> wow. and, uh, and oh, so if it's like an only a so-so episode you only watch it like three or four times episode, I only watch it twice once okay. when it initially airs and once for our podcast there were like three episodes that I cannot how do I put this once in a right back? Because I love you, Craig. You know you're awesome, and I mean that in a very appropriate way. There are two episodes I cannot stand. Oh, okay. Um, After we get off the air, uh, we'll, <laughs> you'll have to shoot. Yeah. Oh, I'll tell you. Out. I'll tell you off the air before before we leave. Before you. Leave. Okay. But okay. So anyway. Um, so anyway, yeah. So I. So we were talking. Yeah, and I said, you know, it's my seventh time watching it, blah, blah blah. And she's like, you know, you. I cried during the song, and I was like, yeah, I cried during the song too. But all she's doing is d- preparing her parents of Linda. That that. And I said, oh no, uh uh-uh. uh, <laughs> no no no, <laughs> that is not all that's in the song. <laughs> and I mean, 
Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, I just think it's such a, in, in a crazy way, you guys end up watching together in such a beautiful way to like share it with each other, like to be able to describe it to each other. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and I, I said, oh no, uh-uh, there's so much more. And then I proceeded to describe the flashbacks Yeah, and to I proceeded her. to burst into tears because I was like, and then because, um, when I re, when I watched it again, um, a little while later, and then, you know, the flashbacks were engraved in my mind, like where they were supposed to be, I lost it because I was just, you know, it, it breaks your heart because she had everything. And I don't mean money. I don't mean jewels. I, I mean, she had, with those flashbacks, you saw how much she was loved by her parents and obviously by extension how much she loved Isa as well. We're not talking about Isa right now, even though we love her, but yeah, mm-hmm. but you saw how much, you know, her mommy and papi loved her and how much that she enjoyed sharing in what they, you know, what their um, hobbies and talents or whatever, you know, were with her. And you, you know, you saw how much their love ran, you know, how deeply their love went for her. And it just, and then when you watch that and then you watch Secret of Avalor, it's like, why, you know, you know, Borke, why did she get, why, what gave her the right to come in there and destroy that family? Not just destroy the kingdom, but destroy that family, make Elena a mother at 17. And I, I, I mean that in a, in a very, pseudo way i mean you know for isa is what i'm saying she's yeah, essentially yeah. raising her you know and taking away the two people that they needed in their life and it just i mean when she raises her mommy's um fencing sword in one hand and the scepter in the other and she is just you know she's still singing but i and i'm just interpreting this but like i i always like to think then in her mind, she's like, I will do this. I will do whatever yeah. I have to do to make you proud to pass on the values that you gave me for my first seven years of life before Esau, you know, was born. I will give them to her. They will not die, The, you know, just because you were taken from us. We will, I will make sure that they live on in her, that they live on in my, in my children, you know, hopefully five, ten years later, you know, that they, you know, that Mm -hmm. this, your, your death was not in vain. I'm so sorry that I couldn't stop it, but I'm going to fix, I'm going to do what I can to make it, to make, to make it up to you, to actually show you that I can be the daughter that you wanted me to be, that I, I am going to be the ruler that you, that you knew that, you know, that you knew that I could be, I will do this. I will mess up. I will fall, but I will get back up. And it's because of you that I will do that. Oh my God. Yeah. That's, I think that's exactly what's going through her mind. And like, I think, and I'm sorry, it's kind of, but I mean, it just tears at you. I mean, you know, Yeah. I mean, it's it's just, and it's just like the best possible reaction to like, you know, like, like you said, you you see the flashbacks, you see how beautiful her life was. And so you sort of realize how much she lost and there's a million, and there's a million different reactions a person can have to any kind of loss in their lives. Mm -hmm. You can just fall apart. You can get bitter. There's a million things you could do. And then I just think Elena is just such an amazing person to take it and to remember it, but sort of use that as inspiration to to be, you know, the best person yeah. she can be. So I, I, I think, I hope that that's inspiring a lot of viewers to, to sort of like take the hard things that happen in your life and just use them to inspire you to, to go, to move on and to be better. You know, I, I hope oh, yeah. that's the reaction Elena can have. Oh yeah. No, that's what she's telling yeah. me to do. I mean, it's, oh, you know, it's a long time coming, but in a way, I mean, nothing happens overnight and I've been plagued with trauma issues for years and they've never been dealt with because I didn't know that I could get help for them because everyone was saying get over it do this do that that no one was saying yeah. it's not your fault no one was saying you know you have no you have no control over this this is not something that you did but here's how you could you know help to overcome it I mean now I am but you know this was like a couple of years ago you know, yeah, but, that's so hard. Yeah. I, I wonder, like, it's just hard for, like, because I'm a parent, too, and, like, sometimes you, I, I'm sure that those things were sort of well-intentioned, like, you know, you, yeah. you, you know, it just sort of, it's not always the right thing to say. No. Uh, uh, I'm so happy that you sort of figured that out, that it's, it, of course, yeah. isn't your fault, and no. you're, la- you're allowed to, like, feel bad about things that have happened to you. That's totally allowed. No, no, I'm yeah. sure you're a great mommy. I mean, you know, and so... <laughs> 
<laughs> Try. No, but um, okay. So why don't we? We're gonna move on to it. We're gonna put the whole episode give or take. But I want to move on to a scene that we both just. I cried and I laughed probably at not the same time, but in the, within the same like five minutes. And okay. it's the scene oh. where she's stuck in that little in that in that rock cave, so to speak, that she made herself because she wasn't. You know, she did this on her own yeah. by, by accident. Yeah. Obviously, it wasn't on purpose. And she thinks that she lost. She thinks that she's not going to be able to see her parents. She thinks that she screwed up because she wasn't at the Aflunda with Isa and her abuelos and. Um, who's the, oh yeah, Esteban. And, um, she, when I even get started with that, but we do not like him. But anyway, um, anyway, um, you know, and she thinks that they, you know, that she's not going to be able to do this and she just lost the opportunity the second time or the first time around, give or take, that she had and she really needs to talk with them because of this test because of probably some other little things that have been gnawing at her, you know, and all that and then they come and I just she's looking at the locket this is all Beckett's description, so thank you, Mia. Yeah. So yeah. You're she, welcome. <laughs> so she's looking good, sorry. No, yeah, so she's looking at the locket and then all of a sudden you see that light and you hear before you see because obviously she's not paying attention at that point and then she just like looks up and realizes you know, and I, I mean, they hadn't even said one, two, more than one thing to her. And I was crying because all I kept, thinking, all I kept mm. thinking was, you know, Eleni, you don't have to be a certain place. They are with you. They are always with you. This is an example of you don't have to be at the Aflendo with your familia. Not that you didn't have a place there, but you had something else to do. They saw that you had something else to do. They had your back. They will always have your back. This is an example. They, wherever you go, they will be. Oh, I love that. I, I love that moment, too, because it's like, you know, she just wanted to have some time with them. And in the end, all she gets is just a few moments with them. But, like, in those few moments, they're able to, like, give her just enough parenting like support and love that she's able to then, you know, find some strength to figure her way out of that situation. I just, I just think I love how that scene turned out. Oh yeah. And then you, we have a feeling, we know that when they got back to that spirit world, words were exchanged and they weren't all oh, nice. Gives Raul after he says, that was a rather large mistake. <laughs> 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 gives him. <laughs> And so funny. Face. And I could. Uh, yeah, we should have had the cutaway to the the their conversation afterwards. That would have yeah. been hilarious. I mean, that I would have so funny. Sorry, but <laughs> I could sense that, and I could even see, and I knew that she had probably put her hands in her hips, and she had probably been like, "Okay, really, you're gonna tell? That's not what you know. We're talking when we get back." And I, <laughs> I just, <laughs> that was great. The only thing I did not understand. And I mean, I mean, I understood it on obviously what they were saying, but I didn't understand it. It, it just baffled me to no end. Is that when Elena is talking about the tests coming up, and you just want to hug her because she's stuck, she can't touch them, she's crying, even though she does not like outright, but you could tell in her voice that she is upset, and you know that she is crying, and she. Um, she's like, you know, I think I just failed my test, and her mommy comes back with. What test? I was like, wait, wait, what? I was like, wait a second, you're not watching your e what, what your or your e but at the same time we're talking about one. I'm like, what the what the heck were you? I know what you guys were doing, but we're not gonna mention that here because it's a family friendly podcast, but come on, people. <laughs> well wait, wait, I don't I guess I don't understand like are you you're wondering how come um Lucy yes, doesn't know yes, about yes, the test? Yes, yes. That is a good point because well maybe she just maybe some she happened maybe she she was watching Isabel at the moment that Elena found out about her test, so she missed learning yeah, about maybe. that. Because yeah. I was just like, wait, what did you just say? What the, what in the world? <laughs> that is a good point. You know, it's funny. You know, we don't always think of every single thing, but no, yeah, no, maybe no, she, maybe she's not like a helicopter mom. Maybe she's yeah. not watching Elena every single second of the no, day. And no, she does yeah, have another no, no, but I just, I, I don't, she doesn't need that. But I just meant like in the, when the important, you know. <laughs> yeah, that is a pretty big thing. That's a good point. I'm going to bring that up to Craig. <laughs> yeah, you do that because we did that and he had a chuckle at it. Not like that in a respectful way because we were just, I, I said that I kind of, he was like, oh my gosh. He was like, yeah, he's like, I didn't even think about that. But 
you know, it's not that she doesn't love her daughter, but she's not watching her and trying to force something. I'm like, yeah, I know, but that that that's big. That's like a big oversight. What the heck? That um, is a good point. But maybe part of it is also that Elena th thinks part of what we were trying to show in this episode is Elena was told that she has this big test of, you know, yeah. pass before she can become queen. Yeah. And she's so certain that this is it. Or then, you know, other things come yeah. She's like, that must be it. Yes. And I feel like one of the, the, in her, in the brief conversation she gets to have with her parents, they're sort of making the point, well, you can't be worrying about every little thing. You just need to be able to make the best decision you can make at the oh, time. Yeah. So it's, you know, rather than freezing yourself up with worry. So maybe, yeah. maybe we're trying to make that oh, larger yeah, point yeah there. Don't, worry, don't worry don't not believe me i am not picking on you at all you are incredible you are awesome don't worry and also hey ron wrote that scene so it's all on ron okay, okay. <laughs> edit no i'm kidding i'm joking i'm joking i'm just kidding no no no, no. but no um but I, I i like to think that when she chose the kingdom over carla and victor that you know that they were peeking at her just that one for that one few brief seconds and Lucia was like that's my girl you know that's what we were wanting you to do good job you know or something yeah. like that I think so too I'd like to believe that too yeah so on to Carla and Victor what okay. the heck happened between King of Carnival and this one where Carla does a 180 and is the one you need to worry about? I <laughs> I was like, I mean, we both were, but I, when, I first, when I first saw this, I was thinking, what is up with you? Because in King of Carnival, she was not interested she didn't care no. she just was like i'll follow papa wherever i have to go maybe i'll get some money out of it or whatever maybe there's gonna be something to do but i'm not really care and then this one it's like no pull yourself together papa we have to and then she when she's trying to take the um the jewel and she's just so has that aggressive ferocity and it's just like i am not leaving without this i was like okay girl what the heck <laughs> well yeah that's a good point she did evolve a little bit but that's like sort of natural to we, we want our characters to sort of oh, yeah. evolve and grow you know like it had been almost a uh you know a year since right we last saw her so she got she grew up a little she sort yeah. of got a greater understanding of what was at stake uh yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah i and now i'm even like now she's in the palace and it's like wait a second you know you need to watch your step not her i'm talking about Lina. and you know and i'm waiting and i have a very bad feeling about rise of the sorcerers i i i just do something is going to happen and yeah. i think i have a feeling i know what that is give or take and I'm going to be sitting there probably crying, wanting to strangle Carla and wanting to hug Elena and not let her go. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be fun to watch the episodes with you guys. I can tell you guys. Uh... <laughs> no, wait, we're quiet through most of them. I mean, yeah, we commentate. We, you know, we talk. We get, we, yeah. we, you know. Yeah. yeah. We react and, you know, to things. You should have, you should have heard me watching King of Carnival when Esteban was taking the um, Lucia's tiara. I didn't care for the other jewels. I was just like, wait, what are you doing? I know. That was intense. <laughs> I know. And I mean, yes, he has his... I can't remember I'm going to say this. Um, I haven't eaten breakfast. He has his good points. A little bit. <laughs> but at the same time, until he gives me reason to say, oh yes, I've really gone over, you know, well, you know, come back to the side I'm supposed to be on. I do not trust him. I do not no. like him. I don't either. Something <laughs> is going to happen. He just is too shady for my liking, and he is just, oh my gosh, no. Well, and there's more fun stuff in store for no. him in future episodes, so awesome. keep watching. <laughs> awesome. Okay, so you have another episode debut coming up, don't you? Rum, Race for the Realm? Yeah, that's right. Okay, you probably know more than I do. When is it, Do you know when that's going to air? That is going to air March 17th. Oh, great. Okay. Cool. Yeah, that's a very fun one. I don't know I, if I can tell you any more about that, though. I'm supposed to keep these things secret. <laughs> okay, so can you say one thing, generic thing about it, if I ask in it in a way that won't bring out a lot of stuff? Okay, let's see, hopefully. Okay. Um, is it? Does it take place in Valle Estrella? Um, I hope I won't get in trouble for this, but yes, at least some of it does. Okay. 
That's all cool. I want to know. Don't worry. <laughs> and I, the, I think the only other episode of mine that's aired so far um, was A Spy in the Palace. Um, yeah, we'll, and get, then, we'll get into that because we loved that. Okay. Oh, Oh my gosh, that was an amazing episode. Go ahead, Becca, go ahead. I'm sorry. I don't mean to take over the interview. I feel horrible. Go ahead, go ahead. You can tell her what you liked about Spy, and then I'll go. Oh my gosh, it was, that was an amazing episode. I love that episode. (laughs) Is that the buzzer that goes off when I get a compliment? That's cool. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's Becca's phone. She unplugged it, and I have no no idea why. No, don't worry about it. It's life. It's fine. You're good. I... I unplugged it and it wasn't supposed to <laughs> talk. Yeah. Well, that was I. I I had a lot of fun writing that one because there were some. I just think that they're fun characters. So I, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've, I've been having so much fun in general. It's just oh, been like awesome. an amazing and ride. You have a question about Victor. Okay. What happened between King King of Carnival when he was all evil? Joel Thief to Joel Peru where he was. Is there a second Joel that you want us to get? Right, right. That's true. He does kind of... I, I mean, there's some time off screen that we don't see him. And so I, in my head, I feel like that's when Carla really starts to understand the stakes and gets more thirsty for it. And, and it, this is how I sort of see it in my mind. That And then he maybe starts to have questions like, what have I done? What have I, you know, this is my daughter that I'm raising to be this kind of person. Like, I, I feel like he starts to sort of second guess the choices he's made in life. Yeah. But, I, but I think you're right. Like, you, we only have 22 minutes to play with, so we can't always sometimes show every single beat um but i think you're right that sort of was like a a bit of a leap in 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 between episodes for him yeah yeah Yeah. it's just funny like he was just like i'm scared of ghosts (laughs) (laughs) that's true it's pretty funny (laughs) you're supposed to be this evil you know, and then you're almost thing. like peeing your pants, and you have to go to this place. I was, uh, I was laughing my head off. That was probably the funniest thing. Was when he just pretty much was like wanting Carla to protect him, and she was not. She was like, "No, pull yourself together, for Bob. Yes, getting Papa. this." <laughs> Even bad guys could be scared of ghosts. I think yeah. uh, they're not immune, right? I loved Emily. Oh my gosh. Oh, Emily was awesome. Yes. Oh, good. Yeah, she was, she was, oh gosh, she was so cool. And Luna, oh, I love that Jacqueline oh so God. much. She's she so funny. Hilarious. I love that actress. <laughs> so, oh. what do you think of the babies? You wrote them in Spy in the Palace, so do you like them? Do you have a favorite? Oh, gosh, uh, now I'm going to forget their names. I, yeah, I think they're adorable, and I saw, like, uh, someone at work, like, bought the cute, like, you can buy the little babies. They're, they're, yeah, they're I have, really I have a Sreya. So. Oh, awesome. Uh, which is the one, what, you guys know, what's the one that always gets the names of the words, the words that uses the wrong words? Uh, um, I think that's really Yeah, I, I think he's my favorite. And yeah, they're, they're very fun. No, I love them. And um, I love it when they get to be in episodes. Yeah, that, I love that. And I love, now we're going to get into my second favorite character of the, of the show, of the show, overall show, not, not just that, not episode wise, but Isa. Oh yes. my gosh, I love that little girl. I Me I too. just I love her bond that she starts shares with her mana. I lo- I mean her sister. I lo- mm-hmm. do you do you know Spanish? I know. I, I feel like I'm the lit, litmus test because I did not grow up speaking Spanish, but I took a little Spanish in school, okay. like some people. So like I like I know Hermana, and like like I mean, there's times where Sylvia can be like, Rachel, do you know like Ocho means aid? I'm like, yeah. She's like, okay, we can put that on a script because if Rachel knows it, then like the general yeah, population. Aww. Aww. <laughs> yeah, but but yeah, I love the bond they share. I love. Just, I love how Elena just loves that little girl with everything she has, and you know she can protect her from every single oh, thing. She but she, she, she does when it counts, and like she is just. I mean, you know, like she loves her, but like I was saying before, she didn't ask to be her surrogate mommy. Like she didn't ask for that. And but I think that, or I'd like to think this in my head, kind of for this, that Lucia and Raul were. were 
were not knowingly, obviously, because no one, no, no one wants to know, no one, you know, that they're that that was going to happen. But they were preparing her for that. They were modeling how she should treat Issa. They were modeling it, you know, through how they treated her and how they loved her unconditionally. How they were like, okay, this is what you need to do. Yes, make room and make mistakes. It's okay, but at the same time, at the end of the day, you two are, you know, you you two are familiar, and that's what that's the only thing that you know that's what matters. And they did a fantastic, they did a wonderful job because of look what she, how she is now. Yeah, that's I, that's I I, t I totally agree. I think it's amazing, and I, I love seeing like a like a loving sister relationship on TV. Like I think sometimes they're set up to be like adversaries, and yeah. I just think it's I beautiful. Mean, I mean, obviously, yes. Do they? Do I want to see them fight? Yes, I do. Not because I like that, because I don't. But at the same time, I want to. I want people to know that yes. Latina, we are very tight with our familia. We we love them, whatever. But we we fight like anybody else. Anybody right. else familia. Yeah. And it's just to see it in Gecko's tale was a little jarring, but I understood because it was building up. To see it in uh, well, we don't well. To see it whenever it's going to come back up again will be fine because that's what you know. At the end, they love each other. They're going to make up, but you know there are some things that Issa doesn't realize she's dealing with that she might push her buttons without real, you know, without meaning to. And since she's the only one around, she'll get it because I mean verbally, obviously, because she doesn't understand. She she, for all we know, Elena has not told her what she's struggling with. Yeah, you know yet. And even if she has off screen, there's still going to be times where Issa says the wrong thing or just does the wrong thing at the wrong time. And that's just the catalyst for a, a, break, a you know, a meltdown. Not like that, but you know what I mean. For her, that's the last thing. You know, even though it's unintentional, you know, obviously, and I'm sure she'll always apologize, but, you know, she doesn't know what's going on. Right. And that's real families, right? I mean, yes. like, some, it's, you know, yes. they don't always perfectly agree. That doesn't mean, no. you know, they don't love each other. Sometimes it's like because you love each other so much oh, that you yeah. can get into disagreements. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. no. And I mean, we just, I, I love their bond. I love sister-centric episodes. I told Me Craig. Too. We both do. And I told Craig, I said, that is my favorite aspect of the show. I mean, the other, my other favorite aspect, and you wrote this beautifully, by the way, and I could say this for sure and certainty now because we're talking about Sign the Palace. Elena and Naomi. Yes. Oh, yeah. I think that's cool, too. I love it, too. I like, you know, that's something we all like sort of worked out as a team, like how their friendship would evolve. And I think I think it's really cool, too. I was glad to get crack at, uh, at working on that. You made me cry twice, actually. Oh, my God. Episode, Sorry. It, no, no, no. <laughs> never apologize. Do not apologize because I'm all about being real. And I'm learning through my yeah. journey that I, you know, that that's okay. That, you know, and when they were fighting, we're not really fighting because Elena wasn't actually fighting back at the, you know, at the moment. No, but, she was confused. You know, yeah. And she like, like, what's going on? What? You, yeah. You know, I, but sh I, you know, when that was going on, I just was like, oh, no, 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 you know, and I was like, okay, this is normal. This is, you know, what best friends actually go through sometimes whenever it's fine. But at the same time, I wanted to hug Naomi and just say, Elena, open your eyes, pay, look at what's going on. She's right. And it's not, not that she's right, not that she's right part, but just the fact that this is what, you know, look what this person is doing to you. You know, you need to stay. Yeah, you need to take a yeah, step yeah. Back. It's, it's hard to watch without Elena like knowing everything that's going oh, yeah. on. I know. Yeah. And I mean, it just when Naomi was looking at that picture in her house when her parents probably left for the festival already. Obviously, they were gone. Oh my god, that was my one of my favorite scenes. Oh, that. cool. Yeah. It was so sweet. I really yeah. felt for Naomi. <laughs> that yeah, was hard. I know. I mean, it just was. Oh man, but. Back to back to Jill Moore for one second. I'm sorry, I keep going back there. But I mean, I just that episode just is. Oh my gosh, that that's one of the few that got a 10 out of 10 for me. Most of them, the rest of them are 9 out of 10, which isn't bad. But that one and Navidad definitely got a 10 out of 10 along with Gecko's Tale. Well, that was oh, like yeah. nine out of ten. She's missing song, but that was the reason. But, um, but back to Jewel. When she was, when Elena, um, before she gets herself out of there, and obviously, you know, has she has that time, you know, with her parents and stuff. But then when she reaches out and tries to touch them, or I think it was her papa, I was yeah. like, oh my gosh, and. Obviously, you know, then when she, you know, then when obviously it turned, it, a thing, they, they start to leave because obviously their time was up and, and all, and she just like looks 
and like I said, I'm just I'm just saying this the way I sensed, you know, the, when I was watching it, the way I kind of kind of was able to figure out like how what she was feeling in a way, you know, it or you know, kind of put it together that she. You know, she's like, wait, you know, she's like, don't go. I was like, oh my gosh. She reaches I just, her arm out towards yes. them. It just, oh. I just, oh. oh my gosh. I mean, I lost it at that point. Like, I was, I'm, I'm trying not to right now, but she just, I mean, it breaks your heart because she, she watched them, she, she watched them die. I mean, she yeah. didn't do anything. And, you know, that memory is probably ingrained in her mind and I know we don't see it but Craig says she's gonna start grappling with that and I'm so not happy but I am so relieved that you guys are going to let her do that and go through that process and really show it as much as you can yeah. but be authentic about it and let her finally you know let go of that guilt however that is but know that that was not her fault but at the same time let her let her experience that and I, I just want to say thank you for that because that is because it could because I mean it could help people that are feeling guilty about a lot of other different things obviously too. But it could you know it's just we all have those things and it's just it's going to be great for her to do that because she's so authentic and so relatable unlike a lot of the other Disney princesses except maybe for Jasmine and it just and Moana. But I just meant that you know it just. And I know it may not be fair to compare to that because they're, you know, they're before. But at the same time, the, the, um, she's going to be able to do something no other princess has done, and that is show the reality as you know, like as much as can be shown of grief and of you know letting go of guilt that isn't hers. Like I put in what I wrote my story the way she helped me do, and mm -hmm. it it's going to be. I hope I, when I say this, I hope it doesn't come across bad, but it's going to be beautiful to watch her do that. And I don't mean it like that. I just mean it's going to be, you know, very provoking to watch her do that. I, I totally agree. I feel that's yeah. why writing for this show has been so amazing for me because like, we, like she's going to go there and, and, and what you've really shown me is that it it can affect people, even in people who aren't going through exactly what she's going through. It still can like help them with things going on in their lives. So I'm really excited about it too. And I'm excited about Elena getting to to, to deal with that and grow as a person through dealing with that. So I'm, oh, yeah. I'm very excited about it too. So how did you grow up? Like, were you watching Disney movies? Did you write in a journal? Did you you know Did you watch animated shows? Did you were you a the reader? Like, what what was your life like? If you don't mind me. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think yes to all those things. I grew up in a suburb um, in, of Massachusetts called Acton, and I just, I, like most people who end up being television writers, I watched a lot of TV, I watched a lot of movies, definitely a lot of Disney, and also we, I was, my family like took some trips to Disney World, which really just affected me of just how immersive it can be there, uh, just like the the stories, and so I, I so I definitely was inspired to write a lot growing up. And so I, you know, I wrote, you know, I wrote a lot of stories growing up. And then as I like got older and into high school, I started writing some plays while I was in high school that, um, I was able to like produce like through the high school. And I, so I, I always had a feeling that's what I thought I wanted to do. It took a little while to get the confidence to actually put myself out there and be like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to try to be a writer. Um, uh, but I, when I was in college, I, I was a history major, but I also did like a creative writing program. And, um, and then, uh, let's see, when I graduated, I sort of just, I was in New York city. So I, and I had had internships uh, at places like MTV and Comedy Central while I was in college. So I, was, I sort of immediately had jobs working on sort of reality slash documentary work. And I did that for about four years. And then I just had this sort of realization, like I wasn't pursuing what I really wanted to do, which was try to be a writer. So I, uh, after about four years after college, I just like took a big leap. I convinced my then boyfriend at the time to come with me and move across country to Los Angeles and like put myself out here and, and tried to break into writing and coincidentally a friend of mine from New York named Lori Israel had the same exact realization and same exact plan as me like within two weeks of each other we both moved out here and we'd already been friends in New York we both moved to LA at the same time and we teamed up we wrote some what they're, they're called spec scripts, like sample scripts that no one pays you to write, but you use them kind of as like a, a resume to try to get jobs. And we mm -hmm. uh, 
through that we were able to and one of her friends had an animated show on on it was called growing up creepy it was on the discovery kids network which i don't think even exists anymore but we ended up writing a bunch of episodes for that and it was i wasn't i thought i was going to be writing for live action sitcoms and sort of animation kind of fell in my lap it wasn't what i was looking for but i it kind of made sense at the same time i've always loved animation and um i i like the more i started doing it the more i was just like really happy about like it's sort of like a a nicer side of hollywood where like there's really smart hard-working talented people that sort of like are working on sort of making family friendly fair so like they seem to be just like really great people every experience i've had so um uh, so I feel really lucky that that landed in my lap. Um, uh, Lori and I became staff writers at the very beginning of Sophia the First, um, Craig's other show for Disney. And then after a few years on that, there was an opportunity for that show to hire another writer. So Lori and I, after a lot of talking over, we decided to split, but we stayed we friends and like shared an office together as we wrote separate scripts at that point. Um, and so that's how I sort of became a solo writer. And then a few years after that is when I um, moved down the hall to Elena of Avalor. Awesome. So wow. what, is, what are some of the episodes that you wrote for Sophia? Because I've been watching it since the beginning, and while I prefer Elena, I'm not going to lie, I, I love her <laughs> a lot more for a lot of personal reasons. But, you know, I'm going to finish Sophia because I started watching it, so I want to see how it ends. But I'm kind of okay with being left in Elena's hands because it'll be awesome and, you know, it's, something, it's someone I can relate to, like truly relate to. So what episodes do you remember any of the titles of the episodes that you wrote for Sophia because there are a few that I actually really do love and I want to see if any of them are yours oh thanks okay uh now here I'm actually gonna I'm I'm on my computer I'm gonna open my (laughs) folder because I have sometimes I like can't remember um let's see one of let me see Lori and I together wrote one that I loved. Um, um, it's called the Princess Test, and it was, it was one yes. like so. Yes, that one was one <laughs> I, of, that was one of my favorites. I for for the viewers who haven't seen it, it was when Sophia thought she had a big test to yes. take, but she kept getting derailed yes, by it, trying yes. to help out um, a, a, a nice yes. wo- older woman. Yes. And then it turns out that that was the yes. test. And I yes, that was. I love that. And then Lori and I wrote another one that I really love um, called Dads and Daughters Day. Yes. Where, uh, yeah, that one made me cry. That one made me cry. That was the first Sophia episode that made me cry. Or that was the second one. That was the second one. Yes. <laughs> well, now I'm curious. What was the first one? The first one was Princess Stays in the Picture. Oh, that was a great one, too. I didn't write that one. Um, oh, gosh, I forget who wrote that one. But, yeah, okay. there's so many good. Uh, that was, was such a great show to write for. It was, it was because of know-it-all. That, that was what got me because I felt that same way. Like I felt that same way my whole life, for other reasons, for sort of the same reasons Hildegard did, kind of. But it, that I had not thought about the bullying I suffered in school in a long time until that episode came up and that song came up, and I just sat there and cried because oh. I could first, I could for the first time, I could relate to her and she wasn't, you know, she was growing on me, you know, as a character, and I could totally relate to what she was going through and how she was feeling. Um, And I'm working on that, but like even now sometimes, especially with um, my mother, it's like, she'll ask me, she's like, oh, do you watch this or do you you, have you listened to this? And I was like, no, you know, it's not really my thing. I I may have heard of it, but I don't, or I may have tried it, but just wasn't my thing, or I may not have tried it at all. And she's like, well, other adults are doing that. Why aren't you doing that? And you you should be more like this, you should be more like that. And it, I mean, yes, I have a mind my own over, but it still gets to you because it's like, why can't she accept me for who I am? Why, why does there have to be this feeling of, oh, I have to, or not have to, but I feel like, you know, like Hildegard was saying, like you have to know it all so for someone to accept you, which I know is not true, but I could, I could honestly relate to every single thing she was talking about in that song. Yeah. Yeah. That was a really good one. And, and, uh, I love, I, I just love your attitude. Like, I feel like you're really, I, I mean, like I, I see it from your mom's point of view too. Like every, every mom is doing everything they do, like, cause they think that's the yeah. right thing to do for their kid. But I, I, I totally admire you recognizing like what's right, what isn't right, what's right for you. And, oh, yeah. and like, yeah, very, I, grew very up, cool. I grew up in a broken home and I'll just go in short detail, nothing, nothing major, nothing, nothing, you know, but my parents got divorced and my mother 
she well she swore a lot and I don't do that like I don't speak that way I mean everyone's human I slip sometimes but I'm not it's not 99% my language or anything but and Becca can vouch for me I don't you know I don't do that but the thing is like she she thinks because I'm an adult that I should do that that there's no problem doing that and I'm like yeah slipping is one thing obviously you know whatever but if I don't if I choose not to speak that way that should be respected you know and not admired, but just, you know, respect in a way that I don't do that, not trying to get me to do it because they think she thinks it's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's just like, it, I tell her, I'm like, you know, I'm not that type of person, you know, and it, and, you know, that's why it, it's just, it's hard because when I'm around her, just because that's just the way she is. And yeah, she grew up that way and, you know, I don't know, you know, and all that, but at the same time, that's not who I am and that's okay. That's fine. But it just, it's, it's hard when she does that and then she can't tone it down when I'm there, even though I ask her to, you know, respectfully just cut back a little, you know, a little bit, not, you know, and, but she won't do it. And it's like, you know, I'm only there for the weekend. What do you, you know, just, and I did that because I wanted to be nice, you know, it's a complicated situation, but it just, you know, really, come on. Yeah. Well, I I think it's great to like know. It sounds like you like really know yourself, and that's that's something we try to like put into like our princesses too. Like you have to sort of be confident, like when you know what's right or wrong. Oh yeah, no, Elena. No, Elena has definitely helped me with that. So one episode, there are two episodes, Sophia, that I really love. I'm not sure if you wrote them, but I I mean, I still like them. But if you did, then that's cool. Stormy Lonnie. Oh yeah, that's funny. That is one that Lori and I wrote together. Wait, did I? Gosh, it's so funny. Now, wait. Before I say that, sometimes you. Uh, it's the one where sometimes Sophia goes to Hakalo and she, Lonnie, she and Lonnie are, are reunite, but she learns something that she that Lonnie can control the weather, and she has to do this quest, and Sophia goes on with her, and they end up. Like fight. You know what's funny? I just I think that Lori and I wrote the, the initial be- it's beats for it, and then I believe someone else wrote the actual episode. Isn't that funny that I can't even remember for sure anymore? No, it's okay. So like, uh, but um, it's sometimes it's so many years ago, and especially if I work on like a part of it, like an outline outline yeah. for it or something, yeah. then it, like in my head I'm like, oh yeah, that story. But I yeah. I'd have to look it up to know for yeah, sure. No, okay, no, I love but Lonnie. I, I, Lonnie is like Lonnie. I have to say is probably my favorite character you guys created for that show. It's not Sophia. I mean, I like her, but <laughs> I, Lonnie is my favorite. Her, Hildegard, and Amber, those three, and Kari. Kari is awesome, too. Yeah. But those four are probably my favorite out of all the characters, I mean, out of all the kids that you've created for, for Sophia. She, she's a really real character, right? Yes, she gets she, upset. She gets yes, mad. And I love it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And that's what I love. That is what, that's what we don't. I mean, no offense when I say this, and I'm not trying to be mean, believe me, Craig knows what I'm about to say. We've talked about this on the podcast, so he understands what I'm about to say. But Sophia, I mean, I'm I'm glad that she's nice people, obviously. You know, I'm glad that she treats them well. But at the same time, she's just too perfecta. I mean, perfect. (laughs) I hear what you're saying. I know what you mean. It's a hard thing to balance because we definitely want her to be someone kids can look up to. But I think right. it is important for kids to also see no one is perfect. No, you know, no. mistakes and you it's how you come back from them that's important. So yeah. it, it's a tough thing to do with children's television, definitely. Yeah, oh no, I mean, dads and daughters say, I gotta tell you, that episode, I spent most of it crying, because not the whole thing, but I mean, especially when they said I love you to each other for the first time ever, I was just like, oh my gosh. Um, because they've never her, her, they've never said that to each other, and it's like I was waiting for it because I know he did. Obviously, he loves this little girl, but at the same time, that's never been exchanged between them. And yes, actions speak louder, but at the same time, sometimes she has to hear it, and that's you know that's not a bad thing. And I had a feeling when I was first watching it around five in the morning on Watchers Engineer, I had a feeling something was going to be in that watch that she had to see. And I, I didn't know what it was. Obviously, I'm not on, but and obviously I couldn't see. But and then she, she told, she said it, and that's the other thing I want to thank you for. I know Craig is obviously the genius behind all this, but I want to thank you for the descriptive dialogue. Yes, me too. Me too. Oh. Thanks, yeah. guys. <laughs> because that really, that really helps. It, even in, uh, Elena as well. But I know we're not talking about her at the moment, but. In both shows, it helps, especially it helps me tremendously since I lost so much vision to know what they're doing. Not every moment, obviously, but when it counts. To, like, know yeah. what's going on, to know what they just picked up off the ground or to, to you know, 
something to clue me in to keep me um, engaged. I can follow it so I don't feel lost. Okay, that's so good to know. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and it helps me too. Okay. And I have, you know, some vision, but it's still, you know, I may miss something or, you know, not. And I'll be like, okay, what's going on? And then they'll say, you know, whatever it is they just showed. And it's like, oh, okay, that, yeah. Yeah, I, I could see how that would help. I'm going to keep that in mind going forward. I, I never really thought of it before talking to you guys about how important that could be. Yeah, and it, yeah. No, it really, it really, really is. And it's just, it's it makes it more accessible for us. Like it makes it more, it makes us feel, uh, I know we're normal, but I mean, it makes us feel, you know, more a little mainstream, kind of like watching this like everybody else and having that little help that lets us be able to see this like a little bit more than we probably would have if it wasn't there. And I know you yeah. guys can't do it all the time, which I understand, that's fine. But at the same time, if it's, if the episodes it isn't and the fact that you guys are really paying attention and realizing, wait, there are people out there who need a little help with this. Let's let's give them a little bit of help without giving them everything, obviously, and we don't need everything. But it's just, it's nice. It's a nice way of saying we see you. And oh, we do great. we do appreciate that. So what's yeah. been your, so... What's been your, did you write Scepter of Night or no? Did someone else do that? Um, no, someone else, <laughs> this is so embarrassing. I have to sometimes look no. um, and check. Um, Don't worry about it. Yeah, I know. I No, someone else wrote Scepter of Night. I'm, we're excited for that because something does not feel yes. right about that. Something feels off and it feels like suspenseful. Some, I know something's going to happen. Hopefully she'll be okay, but it's just... Like, for some reason, I don't know why, but we have it in our minds that she's going to do something without meaning to and someone's going to get hurt. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm glad you guys are excited. It's very good stuff. So I, I should probably head oh, okay. um, into work soon, but do you guys have any last questions or anything that you guys want to ask me? Yeah. Um. Do you watch it with your children, Elena? <gasps> Oh, that's such a good question. I I do not. I, I, I have two boys. They're age six and nine, and they like Elena when I do watch it with them. But you know what? Because I'm a working mom, when I'm with them, I almost never watch TV with them because I just want to, oh, yeah. you know, I'm away from them all day. So, But I want to watch more with them because they're really interested. And then whenever we do watch, they want to, like, pitch me ideas Aww. or, you know, be involved with it. So I want to do more of that. But um, I, I um, at the very beginning of joining the show, I um, they, we, they, we had, like, a premiere party where they showed the first few episodes. And I took them to it. So, and they watched those with me. And then they... They still talk. They still bring it up all the time. Aww. It had a big impact on them. So oh, I want to do more. They, you should let you should let them pitch you something really good. I mean, Sylvia's son did it with Curseval Guapo, and that was that was cool. I know. I should tell them that, and then they'll be get all competitive and start pitching ideas. Uh -oh. <laughs> but thank you so much for taking the time thank to come on and to speak with us. I mean, it was just it was amazing, and it's really been a pleasure for us to have you. Oh, thank you guys so much too. It was really fun for me. Thank you. Oh yeah, no problem. Okay, bye guys. See Take you care. Later, everybody else. Bye. Bye.